0: Thank you, Jesus. How about you just turn to the person beside you and give them a high five for Jesus or say welcome to church. You know, God, God knows everything about that person beside you. God knows every, every single thing about the person beside you. God loves them, they are made in the image of God, He loves them and He wants us to love each other and it's a beautiful thing when we can be the church that God desires, it's so good. Um, Thank you Lord. I I just felt to share a a, a story from yesterday, Um, you know that moment when you walk through the front door, or maybe you don't, hopefully you don't. You walked through the front door, we'd been out for a few hours and I opened the door and this wall of steam hit me and I thought, that's unusual. <laughs> and from the steam, I, I, I took a step inside and I saw the water and I thought, that's very strange. <laughs> that's not meant to be there. And as I took another step and started to squelch my th- through the water, I heard the sound of the running water. I thought, that's not meant to be there either. (laughs) And my first thought is, who left the tap (laughs) on? But praise God it wasn't that, because I might have struggled to (laughs) contain the emotion of that moment. But we had a burst water pipe in the bathroom yesterday, and it was uh, not lovely. Um, But I'm just so thankful that uh, we have family, and my, my dad came and helped, and Kevin and Salmon. If you ever need any help with your carpets, uh, call Kevin Salmon. <laughs> and uh, we had a, a fun night uh, cleaning up a very wet house. But uh, God knows the situations we're going through. <laughs> he knows the storms that you've had in life this week. As we sing singing that song this morning, I'm thinking, yeah, storms. It kind of rained in our house yesterday. <laughs> we've, some, we've got some storm damage to deal with today. But God knows your situation today. He knows... What's happened in your house last night, He knows the things that are going on in your life and He loves you. Even if we cause the storms, He still loves us. He still calls us to come to Him and find rest. And we've been talking about being the village. And the series we're talking about is being the village. The church that God desires to be the village. It takes a village to make disciples. And we've talked about how that means different things for different people, but God wants every one of us who know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, that have found life and hope in Jesus, to share that hope with every person we have the opportunity to share it with. And that can be through going through the, the, the firm in the faith study with someone, it could be inviting someone to church, it could be saying good day to someone and making them a cup of coffee or inviting them over for lunch, showing hospitality. But God wants us to be that village that makes disciples. I wonder if you've ever looked up to someone and you thought, maybe when you were a kid, maybe it was just yesterday, and you're like, I want to be like that person. Like you, You've really looked up to someone, you've admired them, you thought, I just want to be like that person when I grow up. I still say that sometimes, when I grow up, I want to be like that person. I wonder if you've ever had that moment looking up to someone and thinking, I just want to be like that person. But then maybe another day came when you, 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 you suddenly realised that your, your gifts were just different from this person. Maybe you admired some great singer and you thought, oh, I'm going to be a great, amazing singer one day, but then you listened to a recording of yourself and you thought, I think I'm going to be a writer. Or Maybe you always desired to be like someone, but then suddenly you realised, look, I admire that person, I, I love that person, but it's not who God created me to be, I'm, I'm created to be me. Or maybe there's been a time when you were looking up to someone and then you discovered an aspect about that person that you suddenly didn't want to be like that person anymore. You discovered something and you thought, there's something about that person that I actually really dislike and I no longer want to be that person anymore. There was somebody in my life that I looked up to for a number of years, and I wanted to be like that person. I read their book, it was my favourite book. I wanted to be like that person, it was an amazing story. And then I discovered some more about that person, and I didn't want to be like that person anymore. In fact, in case you are listening to the podcast, I'm showing you a picture right now of the book by Lance Armstrong. And Lance Armstrong was an amazing cyclist. He, he was an amazing cyclist. But he chose to cheat. He willfully chose to cheat, to force others to cheat. And suddenly I disliked that man. And if I think about him too much, I start to get frustrated. Anyway, let's move on. <sighs> I wonder if you have had that feeling, if you want to be like someone, but then you see another aspect of them and you think, no, that's actually not who God's called me to be. But God might use that process of, of, of following that person to actually grow you and help you become who God does want you to be. I did art in, in VCE and we talked about how copying another artist's style actually develops your own style. And if anyone's done painting and you've, you've, you're learning, you, you begin to paint like other people first and then you discover your own talent and your own passion and you, you have your own flair different from anyone else or maybe you've you've been in some situation and you've met someone and they've inspired you they've encouraged you and they've been such a mentor to you but at some point we have to realize that it's not that person that we're called to be like we're called to be like Jesus and not to disciple people to ourselves but to disciple people to Jesus Christ and that's what I want to talk about this morning I encourage you, if you haven't got a copy of the Firm in the Faith booklet, there's still some up the back there. Um, That's a a booklet. I encourage you to either read through it by yourself or find someone that you can meet up with and and read through it together. Um, It's a great way to to not just disciple someone to us, but to get the Word open together and let someone be discipled to the Word. Uh, I just want to encourage you in that. Thank you, Lord. We're going to turn, actually before we turn there, just thinking of some other people in my life that I, I met. I used to do a bit of stuff with Youth for Christ, actually Luke and I did some stuff with a guy in Youth for Christ who I, I really admired and he was a guy that I looked up to and in a sense, I think because I met him, it led my life in a certain direction but I also realised he was different to me, we had different skills and talents but he used me in my discipling process to become who God created me to be. I think of it that 18-year-old guy who I talked about who went to Bible college, if you've been here the last few weeks, and how he loved God, he went to Bible college, and it just changed my perspective on maybe I should go to Bible college. And he was a surfer, but I didn't have to become a surfer to be like Jesus that he followed. We don't have to become copies of each other, but we can inspire each other to become who God's called us to be. I want us to look in our Bibles this morning at the book of Timothy, book of 2 Timothy chapter 3. Have you got your Bible there? Open it up. If you don't have a Bible, we'd love to get you one. Let us know if you don't have a Bible and you love one. We'd love to pass on the Word of God to you. 2 Timothy chapter 3, and this is Paul talking to Timothy. Hear the pages flicking. Be patient. Here we are. If you're listening to the podcast and you're not driving, open up the Bible, read it. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 10. It says this. But you, Timothy, this is Paul speaking. But you, Timothy, certainly know what I teach and how I live and what my purpose in life is. You know my faith, my patience, my love, and my endurance. You know how much persecution and suffering I have endured. You know all about how I was persecuted in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra. But the Lord rescued me from it all. Yes, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. But evil people, imposters, will flourish. They will deceive others and will themselves be deceived. But you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they are true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. You have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by Christ trusting in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is inspired by God, or some translations say all Scripture is God-breathed, it is His Word, and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip His people to do every good work. Do you want to be prepared and equipped This is what God uses. Verse 18. No, sorry, that was verse 17. We'll stop there. (laughs) God's Word is the truth. You know, Jesus is the Word made flesh. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the truth. He is true. And the Word of God is true. When we open the Bible, when we read the Bible, we're reading the truth of God. It is God breathed to us. It is God's message to us God didn't sit down and write it. He inspired people to write it. 66 books by 40 different authors. If you ever listen to the Vision Radio, you know that line. <laughs> it is God-breathed. It is God's truth for us to understand what is true, to be taught what is true. But also, it reveals truth about us. As we read about God's people, as we read about what happened in the Old Testament and about how they sinned and, and there, was, there was judgment for their sin, I read it and I think, hey, hang on God, I'm like those people. I deserve judgment like those people. I've turned away from you. I've done wrong things. It reveals the truth about me. It shows me what I am like. I see about the holiness of God. I see the love of God. I see His plans for me to be a loving person. And I think, God, I have not been like that at times. When I heard that water running, my instant thought is to blame someone and I get irritated. I haven't been like you, God, at times. It reveals the truth about us. Whoa. <laughs> can we just go back to that other slide? <laughs> um, that was way back. Uh, can you? It reveals the truth about us. And it corrects us. It gets us back on the page we should be on. It says, don't go that direction. Go after this. He says, don't, don't lust after these things. Don't pursue these things. Follow after me. Pursue righteous living. Pursue, pursue holiness. Don't chase after those things of the world anymore. It corrects us. It brings us back to where we we're meant to be. Praise be to God. It is the truth. It reveals the truth about us. It shows us what God's plan for us is. And it teaches us to do what is right. It helps us to become the people God wants us to be. It trains us and it equips us. It prepares us for every good work we've just read. That's what God's Word is. God's Word is true and it does a good thing in us as we read it and apply it to our lives. Hebrews chapter 4. I thought someone was going to preach my sermon this morning. Hebrews chapter 4, verse uh, verse 12 to 13. says for the word of god is alive and powerful it is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword cutting between soul and spirit between joint and marrow it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires nothing in all creation is hidden from god everything is naked and exposed before his eyes and he is the one to whom we are accountable the word of god is alive and powerful god is is here today he wants to speak to us through his word his his word like it doesn't have a if, if you put your ear up to your bible like you can't hear a heartbeat it, it's it's not alive in that sense don't think i'm weird and like is this guy's wacko but the word of god is alive it, it speaks to us as we read it god illuminates things to us it is powerful to change us it, it, it changes us as we read it. We can read the same verse for for 40 years and on the 40th year you read that same verse, you suddenly go, wow! God, you're speaking to me through that verse. He reveals something to you and it's like someone you know, you suddenly discover a new facet about them and, and the Word of God is alive. It is powerful to change us. It's sharp and it's able to cut. It says even between soul and spirit. You know, I think there's people that have investigated and tried to find, like, where where is the spirit of of man within a a human body? And there's people who have done scientific experiments trying to find this this soul of a person. But you can't physically find the soul of a person. Well, as far as I'm aware, you can't. God knows. But the Word of God is able to cut between soul and spirit. God wants to do spiritual surgery in us. He cuts away our old nature and He gives us a new heart with new and right desires. He, he can cut between that old sinful nature and, and remove our heart of sin and give us a new, soft and tender, responsive heart to His Word. It's, it's able to cut, it's sharp, it's alive and powerful. But probably we don't even care about that, to be honest, unless we realise this, that it exposes our heart. As we read the Bible, it reveals who we are, and we suddenly realize that we need spiritual surgery, that we need a saviour, that we are, we are doomed to death without a saviour who is Jesus Christ. As we read about what Jesus has done for us, as we read about the life that God brings to those who humble themselves before him, we recognize that we need God to cut away our sinful heart, to give us a new heart with new and right desires, because I can't do this, God. But God's Word is alive and powerful, and He is able to do these things. He is able to break off every chain that binds you. He can set you free from every, every addiction. He can set you free from every sin. He can set you free, and there is always hope in Jesus Christ. As Lorraine shared this morning, that every one of us, doesn't matter how long we've struggled, God is alive and powerful. He is here, and He wants to speak to us through His Word. It can cut, it can separate, it divides, and it brings healing to our hearts. James chapter 1, verse 19. Sorry, before I go there. We want to be the village that makes disciples. And as I said at the beginning, we don't want to just be people who, who make disciples and, and, and just try and make ourselves look wonderful to those around us. We want to be disciples who, who, who boast about our weaknesses, as Paul says, but that Christ might be lifted up. That we say, well, look, we are not the answer, but Jesus is the answer. When people come and say, Andrew, can you pray for me with this? Can you, can you tell me what to do with this? I say, wow, let's pray. I have no clue. <laughs> but you know what? God has an answer to this. Jesus is the answer. We are not the answer, but we want to point to the one who is the answer. we want to be the village that points to Jesus Christ, that we lift him up, that people would be disciples of Jesus. You know, Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. In another part, I think it's, uh, is it Colossians? He says, it might be Thessalonians, I should have written it down. He says, follow me, imitate me as I imitate Christ. But then we see him saying to Timothy, you know what, you know me, you know what I do, you know my passion, you know the way God has wired me, but you be faithful to God's commands for you. He doesn't say, do what I do, he says, follow God's commands for you, as we read in 2 Timothy 3. But James chapter 1 verse 19, it says this, Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. There's some good teaching of God's Word right there. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept, humbly accept the Word God has planted in your hearts. For it has the power to save your souls. But don't just listen to God's Word. You must do what it says. Otherwise you are only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the Word and don't obey it, it is like glancing in at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. But if you, caref- if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. If you claim to be religious but don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourself, and your religion is worthless. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father, means caring for orphans and widows in their distress, and refusing to let the world corrupt you. I just want to summarize a few of the things he says. He says, humbly accept the Word of God. We, we cannot read the Bible and just critique it, and, and read it, and, and consider it, and it have its way in us. We, we As we read it, we must humbly accept that the creator of the universe who knows all things has given his word to us so that we could be taught and not us teach God. We do not have all wisdom. This word has been given to us. It is the truth. And if we want it to impact our lives, we need to humbly accept that the word of God is the word of God. The Bible is His word to us, and we must humbly accept it and say, God, help me to understand what you're you're wanting to teach me through this. As I open the Bible, my prayer as I open it is, God, show me what you want me to see. Help me to understand what you want me to understand. We must humbly accept it. Secondly, it has the power to save. Without the Word of God, we, we, we go to the left, we go to the right, we, we look at all the other things in life, but the Word of God is true. It says there is no other way to the Father than through Jesus Christ. And the, the message of the Bible, the message of the Gospel, brings salvation. It has the power to save. As we go on in our lives, it, it keeps us grounded on the truth and on the, on the hope of Jesus Christ. It has the power to save our souls. He says, don't just listen to the word, do it. The verse we read in uh, Malachi a couple of weeks ago, it might have been last week, um, talking, talking about tithing in particular, but he says, test me on this. God says, test me on this. Try it out. Do what I say and see if you will not be blessed. As someone said, we, we, as a church, made the decision to say, okay, we're going to tithe what is tithe to this church. We're going to give a, a tenth and even beyond... Uh, But don't just listen to god's word do what it says if we simply listen if we simply listen and and critique it and and try to just work it all out it just becomes theory it just becomes about trying to grow in our knowledge but but god says pure and lasting religion genuine religion is caring for one another it's not just trying to work out what is true and and just having an opinion about everything it's about doing what god says it's about listening to God's commands and obeying his commands. I was spending some time with a couple of guys this week and we were listening to a video by the Bible Project and talking about uh how the word for hearing in in the Old Testament there was you could not hear and not do. To to hear God's word was to listen to understand and to do because if you if you hear God speak There is no listening without doing. If you understand that God is speaking, He says, have ear to hear what God is saying in in Hebrews chapter 3. If anyone hears, let's be ready to do. But there is no understanding Christ, there is no understanding who God is without listening and obeying His commands. We don't want to just be listeners, but doers of the word. He says, it's like a mirror. It shows us what we're like, and I wonder if how many of us this morning didn't look in the mirror. I want to ask you to raise your hand because that might be embarrassing too, but uh, if you, you you look in a mirror and you no, I'm not going to go there um, you look in a mirror and you see, you see yourself and you think, "Wow, I think I need a haircut or "Wow, I think I should brush my hair or "Wow, I think I should have a shave or whatever it might be, but if you look in the mirror and you never respond to what you see, why bother having the mirror? Like, see how funny looking you are? (laughs) A mirror's purpose is to show you what you're like. The Word of God is like a mirror that shows us what we are like. God has begun a good work in us and He wants to carry it on to completion. He wants to do some, some some changing in us yet. He's not finished with us yet. And we want to be Seeing, but also responding to what God shows us. And He says, pure and genuine religion in the sight of God is those who care for orphans and widows, who respond to the love of God with the love of God. Luke chapter 8, I don't want to read it this morning, but Luke chapter 8, Jesus talks about the parable of the seeds. And He talks about the seed that falls on the footpath and the devil steals it away, the seed of the gospel that falls on the rocky soil and it has shallow roots and the sun hits it and it, it shrivels up and it dies. It talks about the seed that thaws, falls among the thorns and the cares, the riches and the pleasures of this life crowd out that, that good thing that has been planted in the soil. And then he talks about the good soil. I just read verse 15 that says, "...the seed that fell on the good soil represents honest, good-hearted people who hear God's Word, cling to it and patiently produce a huge harvest." I love that word, patiently. God doesn't expect you to change the world tonight. God doesn't have expectations of you that He cannot empower you to do. But God calls us to hear the Word of God, receive receive it with joy, cling to it, and allow God to produce a harvest in His kingdom as we patiently hold on to Him. I wonder as we look at those four different seeds. We look at the the footpath. Uh, so the, the, the seed in every situation is good. The gospel is always good. The gospel is always able to save. But it depends on the soil it falls among. I wonder are we like that footpath that that there's like there's no room for that seed to penetrate? Is our hard? Is our heart hard like that footpath that there, there is just nothing that God says that penetrates our heart? Are we like that rocky soil that it's it's like we've got some openness in some aspects of our heart, but there's so much just hardness and we, we're just so guarded that we don't allow the gospel to fully penetrate our hearts? Or is it like the, the thorny soil that, that the weeds of this and the cares of this life are just crowding out the hope of the gospel, the joy, the peace that comes with the gospel of Jesus Christ? Or are we like that good soil? That the seed comes in our hearts as we read god's word that seed is planted and and we allow god room to move and to to have his way within us what a what a beautiful picture i think of a, a tree that grows in that good soil and for the rest of its days it produces fruit that falls to the ground and the seed falls in the, into the the lives of others and there's a harvest even a hundredfold more than it had itself I wonder what kind of seed are we, but I want to say the miracle of the gospel is that God changes hearts. You might feel like you have the hardest, hardest heart in the world; it is impenetrable, Pen- imp- impenetrable. <laughs> you might feel like you you've got areas of your life that are just so closed; it is so hard to God. You just think God could never change that about me that's just who i am that's who i've always been but i want to say today that god is able and he desires to change your heart to do some spiritual surgery in your heart even today maybe you've got things in your life that that is crowding out the, the 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 gospel things that are crowding out you becoming who god created you to be and he wants to help weed out those things, that you could be free to to live and to, to, to thrive in God for His glory. Remember, we talked about a few weeks ago that our salvation is not about ourselves. My salvation is not about just me. My salvation is fantastic for me. I receive eternal life through Jesus Christ, but my salvation is for those who don't yet know the gospel. My my salvation is about glorifying God, that we can have the opportunity to tell others about the message of Jesus Christ. And as we receive the gospel, we don't want to just cling onto it and say, well, yeah, it's in there somewhere between the rocks. We want it to to thrive within us, to change us and mold us and shape us for the glory of God. And God is able in all situations to do that. We're talking about being the village that makes disciples. And I want to say this morning that being the village, we don't want to disciple people to ourselves. We actually want to be a, a village that points people to Jesus Christ. We don't just dis- disciple to ourselves. We want to disciple people to the body of Christ, to, to the head who is Jesus Christ. That they don't come to you and say, I won't pick on anyone, what should I do? But they come to you and, and, and you, together you can say, well, let's look to God. Let's let's hear what God's saying to you. Let's Let's... Pray about this together and ask God to speak to your heart. And let's be people as a a church that we would point people to Jesus. We are not the answer as the church, but we point people to the one who is. He is the hope of the world and he has chosen to use his church to tell the world about it. I want to finish this morning by reading just a couple of verses in Psalm. Actually, there's quite a few verses. There's a a few. It's not too many. Don't get worried. Psalm 119, I want to read these few verses. I just asked if the band had come. I'm not sure what the joke was there. I missed that. That's all right. Well, I'm not going to read the whole thing, okay? It's a long psalm, but hey. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Psalm 119. I just want to read these verses. And I want you to hear the heart of a person I hope you've heard my heart this morning. I want you to hear the heart of the psalmist who has discovered God's love for them. That they have discovered that the Word of God brings life, that the Word of God is good for us, that the the Word of God is amazing and it transforms us and it is so good for us. I want you to hear his heart through these verses this morning. Not the whole (laughs) psalm. Joyful are people of integrity. Who follow the instructions of the Lord. Joyful are those who obey His laws and search for Him with all their hearts. They do not compromise with evil and they walk only in His paths. You have charged us to keep your commandments carefully. I want to just encourage you there for a moment and say, if you don't have a Bible, please ask us. Let's get one for you. And I want to encourage you to open the Bible, it doesn't actually make you any more holy by sitting on the shelf. I'm sure all of us would love it if that was the case. But we need to open the Bible, we need to read it, we need to ask God to help us understand. I was hoping, I might have had it out today, but next week we're going to have a CFC Bible reading plan out again for you to help you to get into the Word of God. And I want to encourage you, don't just read it and go, awesome, I've done my duty for today, throw it aside and forget about it. But the the Bible teaches us, God tells us to meditate on His Word, to to study it. At times it's great to just read it from cover to cover and go, I want to get the whole picture of this book of the Bible. But we need to study God's Word. What are you saying to me? Don't just wait for someone else to teach it to you. I encourage you, I implore you to study your Bible. Don't wait for others to teach you. Get into God's Word. Maybe you need to sign up for Bible college. That's a shameless plug. But I also want to say, too, that joyful are people of integrity who hear the instructions of the Lord. As we come to God, we, we recognize our sinfulness. There is, a, there is a shame of our sin, but as we come to Jesus Christ, He lifts us up. We humbly come to Him, but He lifts us up. That's why we can sing. it's why we can dance. it's why we can have joy in church. I am so thankful that people who've come into this place, some of you here today, that have said, Wow, you guys are just so, like, genuinely joyful. Like, we're not always happy. I was not happy yesterday. <laughs> but I have joy because I know God loves me. I'm going to keep going. Verse 5, Oh, that my actions would consistently reflect your decrees. Then I will not be ashamed when I compare my life with your commands. As I learn your righteous regulations, I will thank you by living as I should. I will obey your decrees. Please don't give up on me. How can a young person stay pure? By obeying your word. I've tried hard to find you. Don't let me wander from your commands. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I praise you, O Lord. Teach me your decrees. I've recited aloud all the regulations you have given us. I've rejoiced in your laws as much as in riches. I will study your commandments and reflect on your ways. I will delight in your decrees and not forget your word. Be good to your servant that I might live and obey your word. Open my eyes to see the wonderful truths of your instructions. Just, just a few more. <laughs> verse thirty-two. I run in the path of your commands, for you have broadened my understanding. I love the fact that some of you come to me and said, "Andrew, my Bible says that verse differently." And I'm like, "Yes, they're reading it." Yes. Verse 32, the translation we've, we've talked about in the last few weeks, says, I run in the path of your commands, for you have set my heart free. The word for heart and, and thoughts and the, and the intellect in the Old Testament was all heart. There was no understanding of separation of thoughts and, and heart. Your heart was your thoughts and your brain is, it's different to our understanding today, but Lord, you've opened my understanding. You have changed my heart. You've changed my thoughts. I'm going to run in the path of your commands because you set us free, God. Wow. Love that verse. There it is again. Verse 37. Turn my eyes from worthless things and give me life through your word. Verse 43. Do not snatch your word of truth from me, for your regulations are my only hope. I will keep on obeying your instructions forever and ever. I will walk in freedom, for I have devoted myself to your commands. Verse 73. You made me. You created me. Now give me the sense to follow your commands. I love that one. Verse 89. Your eternal word, O Lord, stands firm in heaven. It will not change. Verse 93. I will never forget your commandments for by them you give me life. I think there's one more. Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Sorry, I was wrong. There's one more now. He, he, he shines the light on our path ahead when we open His word. This is the last one. Psalm 19, 119 verse 114. You are my refuge and my shield. Your word is my source of hope. I love that picture. It doesn't matter what life throws at you. If the Word of God is in your life, it is a shield for you to keep moving forward by the grace of God. That it will empower you. It will fill you with hope. It will change you. It will sharpen you. It will cut away the things of the world that God does not want to be a part of your life for your good and for God's glory. What a privilege we have to have the Word of God. You know, people around the world die try and get copies of this to their friends and neighbors what a privilege we have to know this book to have this book of god's word i want us to stand this morning i just want to pray and we're going to sing thank you jesus lord jesus you are the word made flesh that dwelt among us lord jesus you suffered and died upon the cross for our sin and you rose again victorious, that we too can have the victory through Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, that you are the Word made flesh, but also, God, that we can read your Word to see what we are like, and that, Lord, that you change us, that you give us hope, that you lead us, that you empower us to be your disciples who make disciples, that you empower us to live this life for your glory as we read your Word. Lord, I just pray that you would stir us Give us such a heart and hunger and desire to open your Word day by day, to study it, to get together and study your Word, Lord God, and help us to not to deviate to the left or to the right or to fall away from the truth of your Word. We just thank you, Lord, for all that you've done and all that you are doing in and through us for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.